0: You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. The message today, we're talking about finally free, uh, and we're talking about this thing called freedom and how appropriate being that we're celebrating the 4th of July, we're celebrating Independence Day as a nation, and there's a lot of factors that contribute to freedom, and, and so we want to explore just a few of them uh, this, this morning. Uh, we want to start out with uh, a key... Oh, you want some humor, don't you? Sure. All right. Well, there was a preschool teacher and the 4th of July was coming up and she was talking about our independence as a nation. And she was talking about how as Americans we we're free. And there was this one uh, little child that came up to the front of the class and, and, and this young man was upset. And he said... I 'm not three, I 'm four. All right. Yeah, so. All right, some of you take a while to get over that one. But uh, uh, definitions of words. Sometimes you know we hear a word and we come up with our own definition. And here's a definition for the word "summer salt." It's uh, salt that's used there in the summer. Okay, where's Leo Lagan? I know he'll appreciate that one if no one else does. Uh, then how about courtship? That's a, char- that's a chartered cruise ship for a group of judges. Okay, yeah, so that's it. Let's look at the key scripture today. The key scripture we find in 2 Corinthians 3.17. 2 Corinthians 3.17. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let me just read that again. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And, and the setting of this passage is at the end of the chapter 3 of Second Corinthians. And it's talking about looking into the mirror of God's Word, being transformed and allowing the Spirit of God to do a work in our lives. As we celebrate Freedom this Independence Day, we understand that there is another dimension of freedom that is available to us. A true freedom exists wherever the Spirit of the Lord is at work. And I trust that He's working in your life and working in in your home and working in your situation right now. Now, when we, when we choose to serve God, we don't give up our freedom. Some people might think we do. Uh, but we give up our bondage. We don't give up our freedom, we give up our bondage. And we discover a freedom in Christ that the world cannot give us. A freedom in Christ that we can't experience without him. See, freedom not bondage is the outcome when the Lord is involved in our lives. Jesus sets us free from the bondage of sin. The torment of fear, addiction, you name it. You set you free from it if it's controlling your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful and grateful for an opportunity to receive from your word. I thank you for this body of believers. Father, that they are here to be taught, be trained, to be built up, to be equipped so that they can succeed in this life. Father, we thank you for the word that is being shared today, that it would take root in our hearts and bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you're struggling in an area of bondage today, I believe Jesus can bring freedom. And, and there may be some of you that are tormented with fear, and and, and so much today we... We face fear of the future, the uncertainty, especially this year uh, when we look at so many spectrums. I mean, just in Baghdad this morning, there was a terrorist attack and 127 people killed. I mean, it's happening almost now seeming daily. There's these events of terror. There's, There's this thing that is shaking the world and has it in a place of fear and uncertainty. And yet, sometimes we can be so sheltered and protected because life just kind of goes on normal for us. But in other places, people are hurting. There's, there's situations and circumstances that are devastating that, that impacts people's lives. And so uh, we know that God wants to set you free from fear. He wants to set you free from the strongholds that are controlling your life in a negative way. Now, there's a difference between freedom and liberty. And when we consider, and I want to just take a, a moment and, and look at that, the difference between freedom and liberty. Um, liberty is a power we, is a power, let me say this. Liberty is a power of the will or choice. And freedom is release from restraint, giving you the power to act. See, freedom usually means to be freed from something, to, to re- be released from its captivity or from its bondage. Freedom usually means to be free, where liberty means to be free to do something, where freedom means to be free from something, okay? I have a cage up here this morning, and... Um, If somebody would have loaned me your dog or your pet, we would have probably put them in there. But a cage represents a place of captivity. There's not a whole lot of freedom within the cage. It restricts whatever you put in it. But when the cage is opened, whatever is on the inside or whoever's on the inside can come out, if I can work this thing. And that's freedom, to open that cage and let somebody else, that's giving them freedom. Let's say there was a bird in there, and the bird would come out. I would free the bird, and then the bird would take off in flight. That's liberty. Now the bird is free, so he can take his liberty and fly. And see, the concept of freedom is we've been set free So now we can exercise liberty to serve the purpose that God created us to serve without restriction, without limitation. And so freedom, whether natural or spiritual, must be obtained and contended for by the people who know their rights and privileges. That's why in America today some of our freedoms are being challenged and threatened. And so we need to fight for freedom. Freedom is something that we fight for. And we know that there's somebody that fought for our freedom, and that's Jesus Christ spiritually. He died for us. He shed his blood so we can be free. Men have shed their blood on battlefields so that we could be a free people and a free nation. There was a cost. There was a price to be paid. See, the opportunity... And let me just define freedom for you, maybe more the textbook answer. But freedom defined as the state of being entirely free, independent, without restrictions, or released from prison, or to be no longer enslaved. See, the opportunity given for the exercise of one's rights is another definition or aspect of freedom. The opportunity given for the exercise of one's rights, powers, desires, or the like. Freedom of speech is one thing. Freedom of movement. These would be some examples. You know, it's amazing that you can just get in your car and you can go across this nation. You know, if you've ever gone to Europe or if you've gone to other places of the world, there's checkpoints, there's places you stop, you have to pull out your passport. There's all these restrictions that slow up your travel. But when we think about the freedom we have here, some of you don't realize how good you have it because you've not been without it. But when you've been without something, then you begin to treasure and value what you once had. And so we don't, want, we don't want to lose our freedom so we need to begin to develop an appreciation for what they are. I love Noah Webster's definition of freedom and Noah Webster was a, a man who actually wrote uh, the Webster's Dictionary, the original version in 1828. And his definition is a state of exemption from the power or control of another. Liberty, exempts, exemption from slavery, servitude, or confinement. Freedom is personal, civil, political, and religious. Is also a part of his uh, definition. There's a quote by John Diefenbaker. He states, freedom is the right to be wrong, not the right to do wrong. And see, sometimes that's where we mess it up. It's the right, you can mess up, you can make a mistake, you can be wrong, but it freedom doesn't give you the right to do wrong. And that's where freedom is abused, and we're going to be talking about that this morning. I have a couple of quotes because we're upon this day where we're celebrating our independence. This is by Patrick Henry. He said, It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Patrick Henry. Then John Quincy Adams makes a statement, or wrote a statement, says the highest glory of the American Revolution was this, that it connected in in one indissolvable bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. John Quincy Adams. And then we hear from Thomas uh, Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson states, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Again, that's Thomas Jefferson. See, the First Amendment has erected a wall of separation between the church and state. But that wall is a one-directional wall. It keeps the government from running the church. But it makes sure that Christian principles will always stay in government. That too is a statement by by Thomas Jefferson, President of the United States, on January 1st, 1802. So, yeah, it keeps the government from running the church, but it makes sure that Christian principles will always stay in government. And that's what we see changing in our nation, and that's why we need to pray for America. Ronald Reagan makes a statement. He said, Freedom prospers when religion is vibrant, and the rule of law Under God is acknowledged. How true is that? So today I want to talk about three primary elements. When we talk about three points, I'm going to give them to you, then we're going to talk about them. First of all, the price of freedom. Secondly, the use of freedom. And thirdly, the abuse of freedom. And when we understand freedom, there's actually two dimensions because we're set free from something so that we can be free to do something. I'm free from the bondage of sin, but I'm also free to serve the purpose of God. But I couldn't serve the purpose of God until I was free from the bondage of sin. So the second dimension is is liberty. We're free to be able to do something significant. That's what freedom really is. It's a gift. We're free to do something significant in this life, in this world, without restriction, without somebody caging you up without somebody boxing you up and saying you can't do this, prohibiting you, limiting you because of usurping their authority or will over you. Now, we see a passage in Romans 6.18. It says, having been set free from sin, we had become slaves to righteousness. Now you might say, well, isn't that going from one bondage to another? if we set free from sin's bondage and we're going to become a slave to righteousness I was once a slave to sin you mean now I'm going to be a slave to righteousness yes but being a slave to righteousness is all about freedom because it's having and possessing God's righteous nature in us and consequently living out of that rather than living out of the dictates of the old nature or the fleshly nature and, and so that's, that's significant so, to be free, we need to understand these three points. Number one, the price of freedom. The price of freedom. There was a cost. Freedom came at a price. In 1 Peter chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, turn there in verses 18 through 20. It says, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers not with perishable things such as silver or gold. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Jesus like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundations of the world but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Now, Tim talked about you and how powerful what God has done for you. We were ransomed, we were purchased, we were redeemed from the power of of sin, the power of the grave, the power of death. He ransomed us. Now see, men and our armed forces shed their blood for our freedom as Americans. And this is an earthly kingdom. Blood is shed to preserve our freedom. Jesus shed his blood for our freedom for an eternal kingdom. Because the moment a person comes into relationship with Jesus Christ, it's at that very moment where they receive the gift of eternal life. So they live on even after they die. They they really don't die. Jesus stated that to Martha. He said, Anyone who believes in me, though he dies, lives. We never die. That That's something, you know, that and I know there is this thing called physical death and it separates us from our loved ones, but that's only temporal. That's only a temporary separation for those who follow Jesus. Now, we see a passage in 1 Corinthians 7.23. It says, For you were bought with a price. Do not become bond slaves of men. In other words, Jesus purchased us. He purchased our freedom. But yet, People go back into bondage; they they become enslaved once again after they've been set free. And then we see in, in Revelation 1:5, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to Him who loves us and freed us from our sins by His blood. See, freedom came at a price; He freed us from our sins. But then we have this problem in the church because it seems like people still have issues with sin because it's still in control and it's still tormenting and causing havoc in people's lives. But if we truly understand the gospel, we come to realize that sin's power has been broken and it no longer has to have a destructive force in our life because we can live free from sin. You might say, Pastor, does that mean we don't sin anymore? Well, that's God's ideal. That's God's desire. But I still miss it. I still mess up because we're still in this flesh. And so God has made provision for sin when we miss it. In 1 John nine, he says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But it was the shed blood of Jesus Christ that purchased our forgiveness. And what does that mean? Because, see, if you had to pay the consequence of your sin, that would mean eternal separation from God because sin does not allow you, if it's in your life, to be able to stand in the presence of God because sin is annihilated in God's presence because God's a holy God. Because he's, he, and that doesn't mean God's being mean. It's because sin and God cannot mix. And that's why when we see the power of redemption where Jesus literally became sin for us, so that we could become the righteousness of God in Him, that great transition, that substitution—he took our sin and gave us His righteousness. He took our old nature and gave us His life. What what an exchange! So there's more that we could say about the price of freedom. It cost. It cost. The men and women that shed their blood to preserve the freedom that we have today as American citizens that freedom costs and it costs to maintain that freedom there's a price that we have to pay to defend that freedom because freedom will be challenged there's other people in this world that do not want us to be a free nation okay we we could we could say more about that let's talk about the use of freedom the use of freedom Abraham Lincoln made a statement. He said, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we've destroyed ourselves. That was Abraham Lincoln. That's before you and I were around. But how true that is. Another quote from Ronald Reagan. He said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. So we have to steward our freedom and use it wisely. We do not lose our freedom when we come to Christ. We gain it. Freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want to do when you want to do it, okay? See, some people, that's the concept of freedom. I'm free. I'm free to sin. I, I can do anything I want. Oh, well, that's not really freedom because sin is bondage, okay? See, it is living without oppressive and dominant or controlling influences that suppress the freedom of our choice. That's Freedom. See, we need to understand the reason for your freedom. We've been set free so that we can set the captive free. If there were two people in this room, and one was chained up to that wall, and one was chained up to that wall, both of those individuals would be chained. They couldn't free each other because they were not free themselves. But if someone came into the room and and was able to set this person free. Once that person is free, he could get up and go across the room and and set the person across the room free. And see, we need to understand that that's really an easy illustration to see what the purpose of our freedom is. We're set free so we can free others because there's so many people living in bondage, living in captivity. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is our message that brings freedom to those who are bound, to those who are chained, to those who are imprisoned. See, knowing the truth is what sets you free. Jesus, in John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus made this statement. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. A disciple is a disciplined follower. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, it's understanding that it's when you know the truth that freedom comes. It's having an understanding, having a revelation of it. But it comes by spending time and abiding in his word. Because Jesus said, thy word is truth. God's word is truth. And when you know the truth, you can be free. The problem is, people are not receiving the truth. And without the truth, they can never be free. You know, and sometimes when you, we see what's happening, even with what's being silenced, where they're saying preachers can't talk about this, preachers can't talk about that, they can't speak the truth about certain issues. But if we don't address the issues with the truth, those that are suffering in bondage to those issues will never be free. So you can't silence preachers, you can't silence this preacher. If it ever becomes a law where we can't preach certain things, well, I'm prepared to do some prison time and I'll just start my prison ministry. But we cannot stop proclaiming the truth. Now we must present it in love, and that's where the problem is. There's many Christians out there that they know the truth, but they're using it as a battering ram rather than as a message of love. See, and a lot of times people take liberties that aren't their own. I, I believe that we need to earn the right to begin to speak into people's lives. Because not everybody's going to come out and hear you if you have a message to say. There's something where, where, where we have to begin to reach out in a way. And in fact, uh, people don't really uh, care how much you know until they know that you care. If they see a caring heart, then yeah. Um, so, you know, we have a message to share that can bring freedom to those that are bound. And going on in verse 36, Jesus said, If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. See, Jesus wants to set you free. You'll be free. Indeed, if the Son, who's the Son? Jesus Christ. And he's about setting people free. Jesus himself will set you free. And again, we are not free to do as we please, but to do as we should. We are free to live this new life in Christ without the yoke of slavery or bondage to sin. In fact, that's what brings a reproach on the kingdom. When Christians who are supposed to be Christ followers fall into sin, and it becomes a reproach to the kingdom of God. And People think, well, you're supposed to be a Christian, and, and you're doing that. Well, that's not a good witness, is it? We lose our influence and, and being a witness and, and salt and light in this earth when that happens. Now, uh, here's a quote by Charles Kingsley. He said, There are two freedoms the false, where a man is free to do what he likes, the true, where he is free to do what he ought. I like that. So, freedom gives us a great responsibility and must be stewarded or managed because freedoms that have been gained can be lost so we have a responsibility to protect our freedom what may be lost in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 it says for freedom Christ has set us free stand firm therefore and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery so the implication is we can go back into slavery we can go back into bondage once we've been free and that would be a sad situation and the apostle Paul is in speaking in reference to the law, they were enslaved to, to rules and regulations and and they needed Jesus to serve Jesus, not rules or regulations. Dwight D. Eisenhower makes this statement. I thought this was good. I'm sharing lots of quotes today. I hope you don't mind that. If you want total security, how many of you want total security? Okay, uh, you might not want to raise your hand, okay? The White the Eisenhower, if you want total security, go to prison. <laughs> there you'll be fed, clothed, given medical care and so on. The only thing lacking is freedom. Yeah so total security isn't the answer, okay? Freedom is. And really true freedom is from within. Jesus wants to set you free in your heart. Number three, the abuse of freedom. And, and there's a quote here. I'm going to show one more, at least one more, maybe two quotes. <laughs> this is by Clarence Darrow, And he said, you can only protect your liberties in this world by protecting the other man's freedom. So it's not just about our own freedom. It's other people's freedoms as well. Because you might be thinking you're exercising freedom at the same time you're taking advantage of someone else's freedom. That's wrong, okay? And that's where we see abuse of freedom. Freedom can be abused. And just because we live in a country does not mean uh, that's a free, a free country, doesn't mean I have li- the liberty or the freedom to run a red light. Now, I-, I could do it, I'm free to do it, but there's a consequence if I do, if I get caught. In fact, in Florida, oh man. They make the police man's job easy over there. They have cameras at intersections. And we got into the Saratoga area, and I, I pull up to a, a red light, or I actually think it was still red, and I make a left turn, and the light goes off. My picture was taken, and apparently I wasn't supposed to make a turn there at that moment. And I get this nice little invitation from the city of Saratoga, Uh, inviting me to contribute $158 to uh, their county. And so, yeah, interesting. But now, I abused my freedom, and I paid the consequence. Yeah, I could go because I had the power to. I was in the driver's seat. But I abused my freedom, and now I have to pay the consequences. So uh, just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do something. Because if it's breaking the law, if it's hurting someone else, then I'm abusing my freedom. Abuse of freedom occurs when you don't understand its parameters. Abuse of freedom occurs when you don't understand its purpose. See, the opposite of freedom is bondage. Are you bound? Well, then Jesus can set you free. See, there are those who believe that to live in sin is freedom. And they look at Christians and they say, oh, you, you don't have any fun, you can't get drunk, you can't sleep around, you can't do all this, you know, all this stuff that I do, you know? And they think that you're all bound up because you can't do those things, but they're the ones that are bound up because they can't walk away from that bondage. It's, it's, it's destroying their lives. And, and they don't even know it. The Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season, but that season comes to an end. That season is short-lived because there's a consequence. The wages of sin, the Scripture says in Romans, is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. See, it's just as important to know what we are free from as well as what we are free to do. Okay? Galatians 5:13 gives us some insight. Galatians 5:13 says, "For you were called the freedom brothers, therefore do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another." So, freedom gives us an opportunity to love others and to serve others. It's not just an opportunity to satisfy our own selfish desires, okay? And then we see 1 Peter 2.16 says, live as free people. Let me read that again. I I turned the word around there. 1 Peter 2.16, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Now really what that passage is dealing with is this thing called hypocrisy. We have a pretense of living one way, but yet, Undercover, we're doing all this other stuff that is violating principles of God and not honoring the Word of God. In this moment in the service, I want us to really consider our own lives and ask ourselves the question Am I free? Now, I'm not speaking in the sense as an American citizen, we know we're free as Americans. We have these rights because you were born here we live in a free nation a free country but let's look at it for a moment from a spiritual vantage point are you really free and I know there's levels of freedom there was a time in my life that I had accepted Jesus my Lord and Savior I received him into my heart and I received forgiveness of sins But yet I was still bound up in so many ways. I can remember going into a service and I I saw people lifting their hands in worship and I thought, isn't this odd? But I realized, I can't worship like that. I can't express worship by lifting my hands. But after learning that that was a biblical way of doing it and we see the Bible saying lifting holy hands and all that, I realized that I wasn't free to worship God like he wanted me to. And then there came a time in my life where something broke and I began to worship God and it was no effort for me to lift my hands and honor him in worship. Or other areas that I was bound in, in my mind and my thoughts, fear or lust or other things that were plaguing me. But then I found a place of freedom through his word and a freedom in Christ. I believe we walk into greater freedom as we continue to walk with God. And maybe there's areas that you need to be set free from that are holding you captive. In Acts 13, 39, the scripture says, And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. See, Moses brought the law the do's, the don'ts. Do this, don't do that. And all this stuff that they had to live by. But that didn't produce freedom. Obeying the rules, just obeying the rules and living by the law doesn't produce freedom. Only Jesus can bring freedom in our life. And that's what the that's what scripture is saying. Everyone who believes in Jesus is free from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. See, Jesus came and he established a different law. We see in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation, that means there's no condemning sentence for those who are in Christ Jesus. Notice verse 2 For the law of the Spirit of life, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ. Jesus, from the law of sin and death. So there's a higher law at work. The law of the spirit of life in Christ, it sets us free from the law of sin and death. You know, there's an illustration, I'll share it quickly with you. We all have this law of gravity. Gravity works wonderful. This is how gravity works. Right? Everything falls when you let go. It be, Gravity always works, but but there's another law that supersedes the law of gravity. Actually, two laws put together. The law of aerodynamics. You have an airplane, and then you have the law of thrust, a force behind that aircraft. And those two laws coupled together can overcome the law of gravity. There are literally thousands of people in our atmosphere right now because of the law of aerodynamics and the law of thrust. And the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. When you begin to operate in that higher law, you can overcome the lower law. And that's what this is all about. In Psalms 118 verse 5, David, in his distress, he called. He said, I called on the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. I want you to stand together with me this morning. And I want to appeal to you in a couple of areas. Uh, maybe you're here and you've never truly put your faith in Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. You can't really say, yes, i I'm living for Jesus. I've given my heart and life to him. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you've come this morning and you just were invited and you thought, well, I need to check this out. Well, I want to extend an invitation to you to receive Jesus as the Lord of your life, to put your faith and trust in him, the one who died for you, the one who made freedom available for you so you could be free from your sins because it's your sins that's keeping you out of heaven. It's your sins that have separated you from God. But Jesus took care of that because He paid the price to eradicate sin so you could come to the Father. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. You might say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I don't know that my life is right with God. If I were to die today, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. There's questions, there's doubts. I I struggle and I'm uncertain of where I really stand with God. If you haven't made your peace with God and now you say, I want to get things right. I'm ready to surrender to you, Jesus. I want you to lift your hand. Lift your hand this morning if you say, I need to surrender to Jesus. I need to give my heart to him. Lord Jesus, I'm ready to accept you as my Lord, my Savior, to to receive forgiveness of sins. Now, there may be others that as I addressed earlier that you have lack of freedom in one or more areas in your life and you had a point like David in desperation where he called out on the Lord and God answered him and set him free he's going to set you free today too if you are dealing with addictions are you dealing with maybe it's unforgiveness maybe it's fear maybe it's anxiety who knows what you're dealing with God does He's going to set you free. Thanks for listening to the Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.